All right, what is up? Welcome back to another episode of the 48 Men Podcast, where I'm sitting down with some of my best friends. And uh, today I'm super excited to talk to one of my friends who I've honestly, I don't want to say I've known the longest, but I would say who I'm closest with that I've known the longest. So Jackson Speaks, welcome to the podcast. Christian, thanks for having me, man. This is going to be awesome. Really excited to be here. Out of everyone I'm going to have, me and you, I would say we go back the furthest um, from a from a standpoint of friends that I'm still close with. How about we can we can say it like that? Yeah, that's right. We say like that. Well, Jackson is a husband. I would say you're you're a soon to be father. Um, You know, your wife is pregnant, but uh, you um, you haven't gotten in the in the thick of it yet. We were uh, mutual groomsmen's in uh, each other's weddings, and Jackson is a very successful entrepreneur. Thanks, man. Yeah, I got a lot, got a lot on my plate right now, and calling you a bunch for advice uh, when it comes to being a dad. So, well, that's exactly yeah. what this is going to feel like. It's just going to feel like we're calling each other, asking for advice. Because I want, because I want to talk to you about friendships and relationships, and because I know that you grew up in Auburn, you went to Auburn. Do you feel like, you know, that transition period from like high school to Aub- like to college? Do you ever felt like do you, ever, do you ever feel like maybe you try to rebrand yourself almost because you were, you know, being in the same town, meeting new people from 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 different places coming in? Or do you feel like you always were confident in, in your identity? Yeah, I think I rebranded myself a little bit, um, you know, even from college, even after college um, in getting married, moving to the beach. Um, I feel like I rebranded myself then as well. And I think it's healthy to always be rebranding yourself into um, just refining yourself as a man. And I feel like I did that from high school to college for sure. I was still like great friends in high school, but um, really met some incredible guys in college. Yeah. yeah. Do you ever feel like, do you ever feel like there was a negative side to it? Cause I me, mean, I can think about for me, you know, going from high school to college in a new place. Like I don't want to say rebranding yourself, not, I mean, yes, I think there's positive ways, but almost mm-hmm. I'm kind of coming at it more from like a negative downside of like, you know, trying to be someone maybe that you're not internally and like trying to, you know, prove yourself to be cool and trying to, oh, for sure, you know, live a certain way that, you know, people are going to feel like you're accepting. We both joined a fraternity early on and it's like, you know, who's going to be the coolest guy? Who's going to be the best looking guy? Who's going to, you know, like stupid stuff. Um, yeah. So do you ever feel like you had the negative? side effects almost of that of trying to fit in maybe doing stuff that you wouldn't have maybe necessarily done if, if you weren't trying to do that definitely i mean i was um i lived a good guy lifestyle in high school didn't drink didn't um smoke went came into college as a dry pledge and slowly the world just um started grabbing me and um you know, started to fall into bad temptations and into sin that I would never think that I would fall into. And, um, yeah, it was pretty tough. Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel like you came out of that? Friends, man. Yeah. Um, you know, me and you talk about it all the time. Um, just how amazing our friend group is. And I tell people this a lot or I tell my close friends this a lot. If I were to rank my friends, um, this sounds bad to say, and this is going to sound morbid, but if I rank my friends and the top 20 friends got into a plane crash 
Number 21 is a stud. Number 21, friend number 21, like, loves the Lord. He loves his wife. He's a great guy. And I think trying to put myself around guys that love the Lord and we're striving to be better men in their faith, um, that's what pulled me out of it in college, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, because, you know, I had Parker on a few weeks ago, and we talked so much about community and even just – you know, community going from being single uh, to dating and then still just how important it is, you know, being in community, you know, when you're married and you and Carson, you've been married for, what is it, almost three years now? Two and a half? Two and a half, yeah. Yeah, two and a half. Moving moving to the beach and, and needing to, to refine new community, mm-hmm. how important have you found it to be for, for you and for your marriage to keep you know, because yes, yes, you still call and keep up with friends from from high school and, fr- and from college and stuff. But how do you feel like communities played out being in a season of newly married, moving to a new place? Yeah, it's kept me very grounded. Um, it's allowed me to strive for more too. Almost all my friends down here, they run their own business. Um, they are striving to be closer with their wife. They're striving just to be better men, truly. And um you know, that, that allows me to simply be the average of my five closest friends that are at the beach right now. And, um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's everything. It's everything. Yeah. I was going to ask a few, a few minutes ago, but early on, you know, when you were at Auburn, you played baseball. Did you play freshman and sophomore year or just freshman year? I can't remember. I was on the freshman fall team and the sophomore and, um, my sophomore year, I was on the fall team as well. Yeah. yeah. How do you feel like that impacted your first two years of college? It was great. I was, I was around some different guys. Um, I feel like in the fraternity, I could kind of pick and choose who I wanted to hang out with on the baseball team. You know, you don't have a choice. Um, it's, it's the guys on the team. And um, <clears throat> I think it was very healthy for me to be around those guys from different States, you know, just different dudes. So, yeah. 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 Cause I feel like, I feel like sometimes me and, uh, Parker talk about this, me and a bunch of just different people talk about the idea of like, you know, if you always just surround yourself with people who think just like you and people who have the same beliefs, you can kind of just get in this bubble and really mm-hmm. just kind of lose touch with, you know, reality in just the culture and, and, and world. And not, not that you have to conform to those things, but you can still be in touch with those people and still have conversations. Like when I'm at the gym, you know, the amount of worldly people I have conversations with, it's almost every day, you yeah. know, and it keeps me, one, it just keeps the passion for evangelism to where it's like, you know, my first thought is not, let me go convert them. I mean, right. but that that is a byproduct of just being in a relationship with these people and, you know, developing uh, habits of seeing them at the gym to where over time, faith conversations do come up. So how do you feel like having those friends of different backgrounds you know different uh ethnicities different beliefs different mm-hmm. whatever how do you feel like that uh you know I don't, I don't, cultivated your heart for people but also uh to just keep on the path of pursuing god yeah i think having uh christian friends as your rock um diverse christian friends so that's what's great about um having christian guy friends is you know, you can, you can be, you can be friends with a lot of different people. You can be friends with the guys that don't really interest. They don't have the same interests as you. Um, 
And so that being your rock and you can be diverse within, um, your Christian friends. Um, you know, all my friends in college, it's not like they loved to golf and they loved business, you know, um, which are two things that I love. Um, but they loved other things, but we had the core focus of we're all men that are striving to be better, better Christian guys. And going off of that, it's easy to go off and become friends with other people because you have your rock and you can easily bring those guys in anybody from the world. You can bring them into your rock because you have such a diverse rock and it's, it's just incredible to do. Um, that's what I found in college. It was later in college, obviously, but, um, whatever mean you got closer and our friend group and, um, it's just so valuable to have that. So we talk a lot about pornography on this podcast because it's really just something that I've struggled with in the past. A lot of my guests have struggled with in the past and even just a lot of my friends. And so throughout high school and then even early on into college, pornography was something that I, I really did wrestle with. And I uh, knew at the time that I shouldn't have been you know, looking at it, but at the same time, everybody that I knew was struggling with it. So um, I really just kind of got lost in that phase of everyone I knew was doing it. And I knew better, but I didn't really necessarily have many guidelines to help me. And if I would have known about Covenant Eyes when I was in high school or college, it really would have helped me from a lot of um, pain, a lot of confusion that I ended up struggling with later on in college and even in, you know, even in a, a dating and engagement and marriage. And if I would have had this in high school, it really would have helped uh, me from a lot of stumbling, from a lot of temptations. And that's why I think this would be a perfect thing for you. If you have ever struggled with this, if you're struggling with it now, or if you're worried that maybe sometime in the future, you might backslide. And we all need biblical accountability, especially when we're by ourselves for a lot of times. Maybe we're not always going to have our friends around us to help keep us accountable. And we are always on our phones. You know, screen time is higher than ever. And what that means is that we're on our phones for a lot of the day. And a lot of times we're isolated. So we need some extra accountability. And that's why Covenant Eyes, uh, for me, has been super helpful. And for those I know, it's been super helpful to have a platform that helps prohibit stuff that you might be tempted to look at. And if you choose so, when you sign up, you can choose an ally who will receive your device reports and walk with you towards a life free of porn and the life that God has blessed for you to live. And that's really how Covenant Eyes works is through accountability and just having something that can keep you accountable when you're by yourselves. And freedom and healing can be found today when you sign up. So don't let shame keep you from the life God has for you. Take back your life, your marriage, your relationships. Try it for free for 30 days by visiting covenanteyes.com and entering promo code HUFF at checkout. There's an app, but you're going to want to sign up on the website first. Go to covenanteyes.com, promo code HUFF at checkout. What do you feel like living in the fraternity house did for you? Because, I mean, you know, we talk about a lot, this idea of evangelism to where there are certain people who are built, maybe not, I I don't know if built is the correct word, but there's certain people that are designed to where, you know, Jesus brings you out of places that, you know, maybe they used to struggle with. So for Mm -hmm. someone, for someone like you who maybe necessarily didn't necessarily struggle with, with, with all of those things to an extent, how do you feel like? living in a fraternity house where it is super worldly people are uh you know listening to secular music 24 7 always having girls over how do you feel like being in that environment um you know shaped your faith but also made you 
have those deeper conversations because some people could never live in a fraternity house because they would be, you know, getting drunk all the time or lusting all the time or whatever. How do you feel right. like transitioning to where you lived there to where you could still be strong in your faith, but also be a light in a place that is super, uh, just by and large worldly. Yeah. I think it was guys, um, that lived with me that wanted the same thing that I wanted. And that was just to be a better guy and to grow closer to the Lord. And that was, I couldn't have done it without those guys. And you know who those guys are, um, yeah. you know, and that was very important. I cannot have done it on my own. I wouldn't recommend anyone like, Hey, you know, you should go to this college and just move into a, a random fraternity house without having any solid guys around you. Um, so I think I couldn't have done it without those guys for sure. Couldn't have done it alone. Yeah. I, I don't think it would have been a, yeah, no, if you did not know anybody just moving into a fraternity house where there's something going on 24 seven, I would not, I would not recommend that to anyone, no matter how, yeah. uh, steadfast or strong your faith may be because yes like yes your faith is obviously so important but also at the same time you don't want to necessarily just live with some live in a place that can be such a stumbling block especially if you don't have people around you who are going to call you out for stuff or who are going to encourage you Mm -hmm. in your walk i mean i do think that you know, I do think that specific people are called to specific places where you can go be a light, but at the same time, community is so important to not, you know, slippery slope down to where you're, you know, doing this, doing the same stuff that the next guy's doing. Right. Right. And I can attest to that, man. I mean, even, you know, my junior year when I lived with, uh, seven or eight guys came from probably eight guys. I'm not going to count them all right now. I think it was eight guys, yeah. eight, eight, eight guys of us lived in this house and we had Bible studies once a week. We had uh, a freedom group series. We were all super close to my senior year. I lived with you and uh, my cousin Xander, who's also one of our best friends. Um, yeah. And just the importance of, you know, community. If I would have lived without those eight guys, my junior year, if I would have lived without you two, my senior year, um, I don't think my faith would have been as strong as it would have. I don't think my relationship with Sadie would have been as strong as it would have because I had guys around me. Yes, I have friends outside of those that I live with, but in mm-hmm. a close, tight-knit, tight-knit circle, you know, to bounce things off or to talk about things I'm struggling with or to ask advice from, I think that, I think that yeah, people can sometimes undermine that level of community. And I know that for me and you, just how vital it was for us in college with you know, all the pressures and everything, having good solid dudes around us to uh, do life with, how, how much it, it increased our faith and just yeah. encouraged us on our walk. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, it, who you live with in college is really important. Um, yeah. A lot of struggles and sin in college is, um, happens where you live. Um, like when I lived with you and Xander, if I was smoking weed and coming home drunk at night, you guys would have easily seen that, you know, because it's, it's where I live. And yeah, it would have been if super I was, annoying. yeah, if I was taking girls home, I mean, that would not have been acceptable, you know, and yeah, no. I couldn't easily like fall off. Yeah. And it's just so valuable um, to have a tight knit group of friends 
in where you live. Um, yeah. Especially like coming out of high school, you know, you've never lived on your own. Um, yeah, it's just, it's crucial. Which is funny living in the house. Cause me and you had Z- Xander had the pad, you yeah. know, we had, we had the little side room. We shared a bathroom, right? We, uh, we kind of got the short end of the stick. Living we did. At that house. We did. <laughs> yeah. But it was nice. We we hey, we, we got super we got super close. Shared about it. Yeah, we did. Well, living with you, I can say something that you would always would do. You loved, and I'm I'm assuming that you still love. I haven't gotten to hang out with you in person in a while, but I'm assuming that you still love the song "Only Jesus." You would oh. blare. You would blare it in the shower yeah. almost almost every day. Yeah. What does that song mean to you, and how do you feel like that's just encouraged your faith? <sighs> um. So the song talks about leaving a legacy and, um, you know, I could, I could even read some of the lyrics. Um, I think I wrote them down. You can sing them. Yeah, I could, I could, I could try to sing them. Sing sing Um, the lyrics for us. Yeah. Well, it, you know, it just goes, make it count, uh, leave a mark, build a name for yourself, dream your dreams chase your heart above all else. Um, and I'm, I, I might be, I might be messing that up, uh, but I listen to it every morning. So I probably should know. Um, but really the basis of the song is just, it's all about building a name for yourself. Um, and talking about how, you know, that's wrong and how at the end of the day, we're going to be forgotten. Um, and Jesus is the only legacy that we can truly leave behind. And he's the only, he's, he is the only thing that matters and he's the only thing that matters in our life. And, you know, me and you were very blessed. We have two amazing families that we grew up in and, um, you know, it's just easy to get caught up in, wow, I want to leave a legacy. Like my dad is leaving. Um, he's, yeah. he's like, done, done well and like has a great marriage and, you know, you can get caught up in good things and that aren't bad things. Um, like, man, I want to do really well financially for my grandkids, my great grandkids. And, but that can easily get, I can get caught up in, in that, uh, way too often is, you know, I'm striving and working hard to build this and build that when really the only thing that matters is Jesus. Um, he's the only legacy that we can truly leave behind uh, to our kids and teaching our friends and family about him. Um, it's it's everything. So Yeah. And like yeah. you said, those things aren't bad, but it's more like, you know, do you want your grandkids or your great your great grandkids to remember your marriage and your faith or just the fact that you were successful and you left them, you know, a college tuition, you know, like there's, there's so much like the repercussions of your faith and your uh, legacy and your marriage and the way that you parent, the way that you love that speaks so much more volumes than just that. Oh, my great granddad was super successful. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Knowing, knowing that I'm going to be forgotten. Um, it gives me a lot of freedom to truly take risk and do my best. Um, yeah, it's just, it's such a special thing knowing that no one, no no one cares about Jackson speaks in 200 years, you know, 
But I bet in yeah. 200 years, there's going to be controversy over the Super Bowl commercial that talks about Jesus. Like he's, yeah. he's, he's, he's still going to be around. I mean, he, he is all that matters. And, um, you know, I was telling you about, uh, Commodore or Vanderbilt. Um, he was one of the wealthiest men in the 1800s. And at one point he was wealthier than the U S treasury. Um, and in the seventies, uh, just three generations later, 120 of the Vanderbilt university, um, 120 of the Vanderbilt family came to Vanderbilt university. Um, and there was not a millionaire among them. Um, and it just really goes to show, you know, legacy. It doesn't matter all this work that we're doing. It's all great things, but truly the only legacy that matters is Jesus. So. So if you follow me on social media, then obviously you see that I'm a big fan of ice baths and it's really a trend right now. Every time I go on social media, I see someone doing a cold tub and uh, I know that I'm not the one that started the trend, but I've uh, hopped on with it. And I, my first cold tub experience was probably three years ago. And it's one of my favorite things I do for whether it's for recovery um, or just for an adrenaline rush. So if you're wondering what an ice barrel is, it's a cold therapy training tool that makes it super easy to incorporate ice baths in your routine. And some of the benefits are better recovery and performance. It improves mood and brain function. It helps alleviate depression and anxiety, activates the nervous system, pain management, helps reduce inflammation, and it helps improve your heart rate variability. And what I also love about Ice Barrel is the unique sleek design. I have, right now I have it sitting in my back porch. It does not take up a lot of space. It's lightweight and it's super portable. And there's a spigot on the bottom so you can drain it out super easily. And I love how you can get it for as little as $90 a month. And it's durable, compact. It's made in the USA. And it's also made of 100% recycled material. And I worked with Ice Barrel to help get y'all $125 off so that you can try it out and see if you like it as much as I do. I threw a link in the show notes and you'll see me sharing more on social media too. You can go to icebarrel.com slash Christian and use code Christian to get $125 off. Ice Barrel offers a 30-day money-back guarantee and a 100% satisfaction. Again, that's icebarrel.com slash Christian and use code Christian to get $125 off. Get colder, feel better, and let me know what y'all think. I do want to talk to you about business because, you know, I feel like a lot of it's almost even similar in, in fitness. You know, if, if you're on social media, most fitness stuff you see is just super worldly. It's super like, I would, I would say toxic, just, you know, shirtless, or if you're a woman, you know, posting inappropriate things and looking at my body, like it's just a worldly thing to it. And the same with business. If you see clips from business people, it's like, you know, just dog cussing and talking about making money and having sex and drugs and whatever. And it's like, well, that's terrible. I, so there's few Christian people like being a light in fitness, but also being a light in, you know, business mm -hmm. and finances. Yeah. How do you feel like, how do you feel like you've kind of created a niche to where you, you, you love business, you love entrepreneurship. That's what you studied in college. You're, you're, you're honestly super successful, but at the same time, you, you know, you're not arrogant with, with, you know, with, with money or, or being successful and you're super humble, but you're also, you know, you're also doing well. How do you feel like you maybe don't idolize, you know, maybe the way I don't, I, I try not to idolize fitness. You try not to idolize, mm -hmm. you know, being the best realtor or selling the most property or whatever. 
Yeah. Yeah. Again, it's, I'm not perfect. I struggle with pride all the time, you know, um, when it comes to business and I can easily get caught up in, Oh, I'm doing this for my family. I'm doing this for the Lord. And the reality, the reality is the Lord doesn't need, you know, another million. I mean, he doesn't need, he doesn't need my money. Um, because it's not my money anyways, it's his, um, I'm simply just a steward of what he's given me. And I think it's very valuable to have those friends that, you know, aren't prideful, that aren't striving just for money or, um, you know, I think about this analogy all the time, the guy that pulls up in a Lamborghini at a red light, who is showing off, um, to everybody around him. Nothing wrong with the Lamborghini, by the way. Um, and then he, and then a guy in a beat up truck pulls up next to the guy in the Lambo, but the guy in the beat up truck has $10 million in his bank account. And he looks to the left and goes, Oh, I could buy 50 of those like tomorrow. But he's saying that in his head and that's inner pride. And I struggle with that more than the guy that's driving the Lambo like outwardly pride. And it's, I feel like it's prevalent in the South. Um, It's prevalent with Christian businessmen who are, you know, striving to give more away. You know, I'm I'm like building all of this to give more money away. And really, I, I think it's just really important to just simply be a good steward of what the Lord has blessed us with and, to work really hard for what he's done. Yeah. I love he shared that example because there's so many nuances and intricacies of life and faith like that, you know, like Mm -hmm. you could be, like you said, the dude driving the beat up truck and internally you're like, well, I could buy, you know, 50 Lamborghinis, whatever, but I'm not doing it, which is prideful. Yeah. Or because I mean, I even think about, you know, let's say you have a really nice car or a really nice boat or whatever, or a plane or whatever. And you got one person posting every picture on social media of the yacht or the boat or the, you know, the jet skis and the planes or whatever. So you have the person posting all of it, but then you have the other person who has it, but they are, they're not posting it, Mm -hmm. but internally they're like, I'm better because I'm not posting it, which still means you're still thinking about it, you know, like, right. So, yeah, you, you get to a point where it's like, yes, you can have nice things, you can enjoy that, but you know, you're still not getting caught up on that trim on just the pattern and just the cycle of because you're still just thinking about it, right? Like, yeah. even if I have it and I'm still every day, like, yeah, but at least I'm not posting it, but you're still thinking about you're still thinking about that, you know? Yeah. Because yeah. I, mean, I, I, I think about that just. With 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 even with gym stuff, it's like I'm not posting, you know, pictures of myself shirtless. But if I get to a point where it's like, well, I'm better than you because I'm not, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's still sin. Like you said, it's just inner pride. It's it's still an internal battle. Yes, I may be not externally doing it, but if I'm internally doing it, then it's still sin. You know, sin is sin. Pride is still pride. Right, right, and, and really, it's just where your heart is. You know, like, where's your heart? There's no, there's nothing wrong with posting it. There's nothing wrong with posting the planes and the boats and, and all of that. Um, it's, it's, it's where your heart is. And, um, that's just everything. 
So yeah, have you? When, when do you feel like you knew that you wanted to do business stuff? Because you, you hear people that are like mm -hmm. successful entrepreneurs are like, when I was in third grade, I did I start I yeah. did a lemonade stand and I made two hundred dollars and then yada yada yada. Yeah. So for you, because I know that your dad does business too, has that mm -hmm. always been something that you wanted to do? Because I know that you. I know that you 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 would not I don't want to, you you would be a good employee but you've always wanted to be your own boss so yeah, yeah. <laughs> where's that come from Um you know ever since I was ever since I can remember I was learning about business and just obsessed and um I can remember whenever my family and I whenever we would go on vacation uh this was before iPhones and iPads we would go into you know little snack stand at the airport and all my brothers would pick out magazines for, uh, you know, just to be entertained on the plane. And, you know, my brother Harrison would pick out hunting and fishing and Griffin would pick out sports illustrated. Selly would too. And I would pick up Forbes and, you know, not even understand what I'm reading, but I was just so interested in, in it. And, uh, ever since probably 12 or 13, I have always had some sort of business. So, yeah, yeah, selling those little power balances. Remember those? Oh, I remember the that. power balance. Oh, yeah, I was selling those in seventh grade. I was looking at a powder at a power balance probably two months ago, maybe three, Bring and I was back. getting flamed. I was getting flamed <laughs> for it. Yeah, Sadie was like, "You can't wear that." I was like, "Because they have like new colors." There's like, I really wanted this like black one which they okay. probably had this back in the day, but the power balance was like red. They had like a red one and like a gold one. Yeah. And I was like, that thing is sick. Yeah. Like what would, yeah. honestly, what would you think of me if you saw me walking into the gym with a power balance and a fighting on my, and a fighting? What, what would you think, think of me? I would think you're just messing around. This guy's just, this guy's just messing around waiting for someone to say something, you know, or, or, or maybe you're truly just unbalanced and you need, you need the true technology that I need power, power balance but brings. What was the? Wasn't it the fighting? Wasn't it the necklace? Yeah, am, the I, is, am I right on that? Yeah, yeah. Do you remember like the baseball tournaments when it was like oh, the double, sure. double? It was like the double, uh, like the double knotted ones or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I had so many fighting necklaces. Me too. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm really. Th I'm gonna buy a power balance. Okay. I'm gonna do it. I okay. think. I think we should do it together. Okay, let's do it and wear it. And I'm gonna see if it helps me in the gym. Okay. <laughs> are you gonna i feel like no, you're not I'm just gonna like do this. this is this is hilarious um, you're not gonna do this no i will i i will 100 do it and i'll wear it and it won't come off my wrist for a very long time because cool. once i put something right, well, on my wrist it doesn't if you're listening off. to this i encourage you and challenge you as well uh you know if 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 you're in a spot to um to afford it they're they're, they're not super expensive but you know people pe people budget we budget uh I don't know where I'm going with this, but if you have the means, I would encourage you to buy a power balance and just, you know, yes, we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us, but, uh, you know, so we don't necessarily need power or balance because we have it all living within us. But <laughs> I do think that power balances are cool and I kind of want to bring it back. So I don't know if anyone will, it, will, fo will follow that trend, uh, but I encourage you to uh, just, just to check it out and see. Yeah, do it. If I if I buy one and I and I like increase like five pounds on all my PRs, then you're gonna know that it's not just a placebo. Do it. Something ser something serious is going on. I'm really curious to see how much they are. Used to sell for twenty five. They're like twenty thirty bucks. Okay. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, 
Okay, where was I at? Um, all right, well, <laughs> business, yeah, yeah. So, because I, because honestly, for me, something I think about all the time, and it's I can kind of wrestle with it. Like, oftentimes when I think of business and money, and when I think of scriptures, my first the fr- the first scripture that always comes to my mind is you cannot you cannot serve two masters, right? Mm-hmm. And then you think about. Uh, you know, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than, than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Mm-hmm. And like verses that are scary. And I think about, well, one, you know, you live in the US, I live in the US. Even if you make hardly anything in our country, you're still wealthier than like 90 something percent of the world, right? So the verses, those verses technically apply to millions and millions of us right so how do you feel like you can get to a point in business where like you said i mean you 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 do steward all that god's given you um yes it's his money you want you want to be um you know you want to be sure of that and you and you want to help steward that but how do you feel like you get to a point where you know in your heart you're not serving the lord and you're not serving your title or your job or your finances um, you know, it's, it's, it's just really hard. It's, it's, it's very difficult for a successful person in America or really anyone in America that's in business, um, to day in and day out, not be prideful day in and day out, strive for what the Lord truly wants for us and steward. Well, you know, I've got, I've got some um, houses in Montgomery, Alabama, um, and I was convicted a couple couple months ago that I've just not been stewarding those houses well. They some of them are vacant. Um, I've not been renovating them the way that I should, and I was just really convicted by that. And um, you know, over the past few months, we've been renovating the homes, and um, now we're about to sell some and. But anyways, it's just, it's so important to steward what you have very well, you know, um, not just in your marriage and friendships, um, and, in in your relationship with the Lord, but also at work. And, you know, the Bible talks about work all the time and it's just, it's, it's a very important thing. Um, I mean, we spend more hours of the day. We spend more years of our life at work than we do with our loved ones. Um, so I just think, you know, we should, we should really strive to do our best there. How do you feel like spiritual routines and disciplines help impact, you know, you in business? Cause I know living with you, mm-hmm. you read, you know, so many business books, listen mm-hmm. to so many business podcasts, listen to, um, business audio books, whatever it might be. Yeah. How do you feel like, like still carving out time to, to learn more about, to learn more about business and be successful? How do you feel like? being disciplined maybe first thing in the morning spiritually or throughout the day spiritually mm-hmm. uh whether it's reading or praying or, or whatever you feel like you might do how does that impact uh business decisions you might make or uh you know your outward of your outward view on success or whatever it humbles me and it brings me to a state of this none of this is mine and i have not done any of this without him this is not Jackson's legacy. This is not Jackson's wealth or Jackson's businesses. Um, and if I don't do that in the mornings, it's a different day. 
it's a it's a tough day um and just leaning on him throughout my day is everything and starting the day in his word reading a proverb a day and then reading whatever i'm studying um is just crucial it, it's simply crucial and and i've gotten better about praying throughout throughout my day and busy men um, successful men can do life day in and day out with the lord it's not i've got to do 30 minutes in the morning and then i'm going to work for 10 12 hours throughout the day then i'm going to wake up and do the whole thing over again it's the yeah. lord is with you throughout those 10 12 hours um i did an internship i don't know if you remember the internship in oh Michigan. i remember the internship and uh i sold books door to door it was a like grueling very difficult internship and i've never worked harder than that summer and i've never been closer to the lord either he was with me every minute of that summer and it was 90 hour weeks every single week and i could not have done it without him and it really it's, it, it's incredible I, I would have never thought that <clears throat> working that much would grow would grow me in my faith that much but it truly did so and a lot of that was because yeah. you didn't have your phone right wasn't that yeah i didn't yeah well yeah. right didn't have my phone all day um <clears throat> yeah mostly all week yeah wasn't that wasn't that right when you and carson started dating it was yes i would yes. call her every sunday because uh, that's when i would have every sunday time. yeah See, yeah. so not, not only the, the, that, that might have also been why, why you, um, why your relationship with the Lord was so strong because you were also, you know, yes, being dependent on him throughout the week, but then sure. you were, um, having those healthy conversations once a week and it was not, uh, it was not overbearing early on. Right. Right. Of course. Well, I do want to talk to you about marriage real quick. So I feel like, you know, everyone that gets married, it at least for me and most conversations I have with people, it's the most sanctifying thing mm -hmm. ever. How do you feel like you've been sanctified more in your faith since getting married? And what are you most nervous about slash most excited about stepping into a season of, I don't want to say a season, stepping into a chapter life. of uh, f fatherhood, of chapter the, of life. You know, getting married, it just, it, if you, if, if you're dating someone and you love the Lord, it makes sense. Um, this is going to sound terrible, but to be honest with you, whenever me and Carson were dating, I was probably 50% sure that she was my wife. Um, I just was never all in, was never all in. Um, and whenever we got engaged, I was probably 70, 80% sure. And I, I know it sounds crazy, but I just wasn't all the, all, all in, you know? Yeah. Um, when we got married, it's just, you're all in and we are one. It just makes sense. And it's the most special, beautiful gift for, from the Lord. Um, if he has called you to marriage and, um, gosh, I've just learned so much through it. It's been by far the best gift. It's incredible. When you got married, you were a hundred percent, hundred percent. 100%. 100 on the wedding day. 100%. Yeah. 100% on the wedding day. Yeah. Yeah. 
I know it sounds right. terrible. That does not sound terrible. I mean, I feel like most people, I mean, shoot, most people get their wedding day. They're still like 50-50. So you, uh, <laughs> you're doing better than most people. Yeah. Well, I think the most dangerous thing is if you are, I don't want to say 100% in when you're dating, but that could lead to, you know, maybe some premature um, difficulties because um, you're truly not one. You're not one until yeah. um, you're married. Yeah. Well, and, certainly. Uh, well, certainly if you're putting expectations on, if you're like, well, I'm 50% now, but I'm just hopefully when we get married, I'll be at 100 and then uh, whatever. And it's like just because you get married and have a ring on your finger does not like you're you're still you still have the same problems. You know, you right. still have the same struggles, the same insecurities. Like, yeah, just because that happens does not mean that everything is amazing. It's same with having a kid. It's not like. When you have a kid, it's, oh, now he's finally going to love me or then we're going to be closer than ever. It's like, no, that's still very, very difficult and very sanctifying and uh, still challenges, you know, just yeah. just because you move up on the ladder on, on steps to do does not mean that like, you know, it does not always mean that everything is going to get better and easier and you're going to be more confident because I think sometimes people do that. It's like, well, let's just get married and just see what happens. And it's like thinking that all their problems are going to go away. And it's like, no, all your problems kind of just got amplified. So yeah, yeah. you might want to solve them pre, pre-marriage. Right, right. And there's nothing wrong with being 100% sure that she's yeah. the one. But there's a difference of being 100% sure and 100% all in. Um, yeah. As in, you know, getting married while you're dating, while you're freshman in college. You're like, oh, yeah. we're married. Let's yeah. like read the Bible together and stuff. Yeah. yeah. It's funny to hear you say that because I know from the beginning, Carson was always 100%. She was. Yes. Yes. Carson, Carson's always, always loved you. She's the best. She's the she best. She's the best. Yeah. All right. New chapter of life being a father. What are you most excited about? Most nervous about? Um, I, I'm just excited to be a dad. I really am. I am. I'm excited to to just get to know this little one. So um, we're not finding out. I don't know if I told you that, but we're not finding out the gender um, till August 29th, the due date. Bold move. I couldn't um, do it. So so whoever whoever it is, boy or girl, we're just excited. And I'm, I, I'm just pumped to be a father. It's honestly, since I've found out, it's allowed me to grow a lot. Um, me and Carson have grown a lot. I've grown a lot with the Lord. Um, I've gotten a little bit more serious about my business. You know, I'm not diving off into all these different investments and stuff. I'm a little bit more laser focused. Um, and it's just given me a lot of motivation. So I've already grown a lot and I'm excited to, um, just teach this little one about the Lord and, are you going to kind of be shocked life. if it's a girl, though? No, I'm not. So right when you I won't. found out. Because um, for, for those listening, Jackson has three brothers. You're one of four. Yeah, three younger brothers. And Carson has three see, brothers, too. Yeah, Yeah. see, so same for me. Like, my mom has brothers. My dad has three brothers. And then he has a, a younger sister. And then I just have a brother. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I, I was dead set on it's going to be a boy. And then we had, we had, when we found out Honey was a girl, it was not that it was like a big, like, shock of it. I wasn't like 
disappointed or sad or anything, but I was right. like, I really just thought it was going to be a boy. And then obviously we're having an, another girl now. So, uh, I might just never, I might never get a son. And it always offends Sadie when I like say, <laughs> you know, I want to teach them how to play sports. She's like, well, you can still teach our daughters how to play sports. And I'm like, yeah. just, but it's a different, there's, it's different. So she low key gets kind of offended when I say that. So, uh, and here I am singing on the podcast, which, uh, whatever. It's called Sadie's an athlete. That's why. That is true. That's that why. is true. Yeah. yeah. I feel like it's going to be a boy though, but that's just, okay. that's just my opinion because okay. of all your brothers. But if it's a girl, it's going to be incredible. Uh, yeah. I'll be calling you a lot. You will be. Well, you, 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 you still call me a lot. We, we still keep up that's all right. the time. That's right. We do. All right. Well, Speaks, any, anything you want to end on? I mean, I typically don't do this, but anything on your heart you want to share? I mean, uh, first off, just want to tell you, um, there's no one that I know that is better at following up and keeping up with friends than you. Well, thanks, Big. Seriously. Um, means a lot. Thank you. You know, me and you have, we've been very blessed to have hundreds of friends. And um, no one's better than you, truly. Like you keep up by far the best. And he speaks wisdom. He speaks wisdom. I don't know if that's a thing. Um, we just, you know, you asked me if if there was any thing on a hard and by the way i'm a podcast junkie so like i'm fairly nervous to be on this podcast because i listen to like two or three a day and this is the first podcast i've ever been on so um whenever you asked me to be to be on this you know i started thinking about what we could talk through and really something that's been on my heart a lot is just how negative we are how negative i am um how negative we are as a society um, like the world's burning, things are going terrible. Like this church is doing it in a church in a bad way. This church should be doing it this way. You know, we're about to go to world war three, whatever. We live in the most prosperous time ever today. It's things are amazing. And, um, the Lord has allowed us to be here today. And especially at our age, you know, we have so much to do for the kingdom. And, you know, I just think about the technology advancements that have happened. And I mean, we walk around with an iPhone in our pockets all day. And what would Paul do if he had an iPhone, you know, and, and, and I get convicted a lot of, you know, man, I'm not. I'm not reaching out to my friends enough like Christian does. I'm not um, ministering to guys that I went to high school with. Um, it takes 30 seconds to send a voice memo to someone you haven't talked to in five years. 30 seconds. You don't have to travel five hours to go talk to them or write them a letter. It takes no time. And so I just want to encourage everyone, um, encourage myself most importantly, because I struggle with this probably the most is just to really capitalize on the day and time that the Lord's blessed us with. Um, just let's capitalize as Christians. Let's capitalize as Christian men um, to do better, to wake up early, to voice memo five guys, to get in the word and go to work and work hard and come home and love your family. I mean, it's, it's what the Lord wants. Yeah. 
There we go. There's the so speak that's wisdom. It. That's it. There's the speak wisdom, crazy. man. Yeah. Nothing crazy. Well, thanks so much for joining me, dude. I I, I loved our conversation. I think it's going to be uh, super encouraging for a lot of people. Thanks for inviting me on, man. Really appreciate of it. Of course, man. Love you, of dude. course. Love you.